the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you as we're wrapping up the week. Uh, Wrapping up the week, we've got two great interviews today. In a few moments, we'll catch back up with Scott Powell. Scott Powell is the author of uh, the book uh, Rediscovering uh america let me make sure i'm getting it right i'm sorry i, I want to say it right rediscovering america yes that's right uh, how the national holidays tell an amazing story about who we are kind of a history book uh cleverly done david horwitz does the introduction post hill press uh good guy you'll want to we've had him on before he's also writing a weekly column uh, over at newsmax one of them recently on the globalists uh very thoughtful i thought we'll talk with him about that and also an update which I believe we'll start doing as a regular segment, a weekly segment on January 6th, defendants and their families. Uh, Cynthia Hughes, my friend, she's now my friend. Uh, I've become a really good friend. Uh, I met her through her work as the founder and the president of the Patriot Freedom Project. And now I help her in a lot of ways as a lawyer, as well as just, uh, in other ways. And she's just great. It's amazing. And we're going to get an update from her on some of the January 6th defendants and their families. What's going on there that you've heard a lot about the efforts of congressmen and women uh, on the Republican side to get to the bottom of the 14,000 hours of video and all that's going on. Well, we'll see what Cynthia Hughes has to say about what's happening with the families uh, and uh, when what's going on there. Um, so I just got, uh, I want to schedule this, lay this out today. I've got a short opening. What you need to know today, President Trump has uh, repeatedly now made comments about the international uh, situation with the Ukraine, saying it's time to get peace, uh, that nobody wants war to continue. Why can't we re- negotiate peace? Let's get a peace deal. And then he said uh, in a couple different ways he would get it done if he were in power. Now, he doesn't say what that means if he were president. But I agree with him on this, and it's interesting, as I was talking to you in the last couple of days, what you need to know is uh, the people that are fighting this war, sending um, uh, tanks and weapons and all for America, are not where the American people are. Uh, we, we want peace. We want peace. to. We, we don't want to hear about the doomsday clock being in the last 90 seconds, which means prediction, uh, possibilities of nuclear war that would uh, engulf the world are high or higher. We want this to stop. And I think that's what uh, President Trump has uh, tapped into, if I can say. And he's tweeting about it, which is interesting that he did that sort of a day after I had uh, put something uh, up about how uh, when you see Joe Biden so clueless, basically uh, countermanding uh, uh, his own leadership, his own senior leadership, uh, and kind of for only looks like the reasons that G- Germany complained, well, you 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 yearn. For stronger leadership. And what you need to know is Trump is trying out for the presidency again by talking about what he would do and talking about how he would do it. You know, that's that's the contrast. And I tell you, every single day that the contrast between Joe Biden and uh, and Donald Trump is laid bare is clearer is another day where Donald Trump is closer to being president again. At this point, uh, there's no con. There's there's no no comparing the two. 
it's just so different uh, uh, to see one guy who is strong, not uh, not perfect, by the way, on policy or anything else, uh, uh, but certainly strong, not being pushed around. That's Trump. And then Biden is just stumbling and bumbling. Anyway, that's what you need to know. Quick one. I want to get to these interviews. Like I said, we'll talk with Scott Powell as well as Cynthia Hughes. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I, I don't know, six months ago or so, um, we had Scott Powell on as a guest, and uh, he is, um, he's uh, been a businessman, uh, started and, and succeeded in, in business companies. He uh, was a senior fellow uh, over at the Discovery Institute um, and uh, Stanford, the Hoover Institution, which I've told the story many times. I went up there. They were very kind about uh, Phyllis's, uh, Phyllis Schlafly's work, and he has written uh, three books and, and hundreds and hundreds of articles i was just telling him off the air uh that he um like uh the late phyllis schlafly she was a a writer that was one of the at the center of her her thinking was clearer her speaking was clear because she was uh, always a writer he's got a piece over at uh, newsmax.com globalism can meet its waterloo an eight-point plan. Now, Scott, one of the reasons this is important is because the late Phyllis Schlafly used to lay out the problem. She loved doing that. And then she'd say, now you got to give your solutions, right? Now you, you, we, We've got it. There's a big problem. Globalists are on the march, the domination of these multinational corporations. Okay, how do we bring this to a head? How do we get something to happen? So first of all, welcome, Scott Powell, and, and walk us through what you think we, uh, we can uh, do. Well, thank you, Ed. It's a pleasure to be with you. I think first, because Americans believe it's essential to have an accountable representative government, uh, borders in our national sovereignty must be upheld and protected. So this open borders policy of the Biden administration, and it really is the World Economic Forum vision to destroy all borders, to have a global system where there would not be nation states. Uh, This has to be totally rejected by Congress. You know, we had... We had over 20 uh, people from our government attending the World Economic Forum last week in Davos. And to my knowledge, not one of them condemned the vision of the World Economic Forum. So the big question is, why were they there? Why did they go? They're, right. they're, they're, they're lending credibility to an agenda which is absolutely anathema and hostile to the United States. It um it is and um I was I did a, a, an interview with John Schlafly we were sort of reminiscing about the late Phyllis Schlafly in 1964 she wrote a book uh, a choice not an echo in which she described the secretive Bilderberg meetings that was what they were called and this this still exists actually a certain secretive group that was sort of globalist not sort of it was globalist in its in its uh, in describing it but it was secret and private. Uh, the World Economic Forum is public. I mean, it's out there. They're not hiding it. And as we were contrasting this, how do, how do you um, argue we can confront them? You know, I mean, if you if it's true that populations, Italy, uh, Britain and Brexit, Italy with Maloney, America with, uh, say, Trump slash Sanders, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you, you can make an argument. Populists, sovereignty, you know, less wars uh, around the world. Uh, if that movement's on the march politically, that doesn't necessarily mean that the powers that be uh, are moved. In other words, they're waiting to ebb and flow back. I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on how you can confront this globalism problem and, and beat it back? Well, I think, you know, continue to educate people about really what it is. 
um, <clears throat> because once they understand it, they reject it. Um, but a lot of people just think, oh, this is a, uh, you, you know, a, 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 a meeting of rich people, rich businessmen and politicians. And it's sort of like a, right. you know, a country club environment. And by the way, Klaus Schwab, one of his genius, uh, his qualities of genius, if you could say that about him, was that he created this uh, elitist club um, atmosphere. And people, you know, who wanted, uh, he wanted to have stature among the elite, being be it in business or in politics, felt that attending Davos, you know, w- was a badge of honor. It was, uh, they wanted to be seen there. Uh, like a club, you know, it's like it was like a club, and, and this is actually a conspiracy. So the genius of Schwab was to was to create this atmosphere of a club, while in fact he had an agenda to use this organization the way it's being used today, which is transforming governments globally. If you wanted me to name a few governments that are under the total control, almost of Klaus Schwab, they would include our neighbor to the north, Canada. Mm-hmm. Under uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, they would include France under Macron, uh, the, Australia, New Zealand, and by the way, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who was a you know a, a big a mover and shaker at the World Economic Forum, just resigned. So mm-hmm. something's going on. Um, yeah, I noticed that too. Um, um, Scott, let me ask you this. Uh, let me oh, first of all, I want to I want to remind people. I'm sorry I didn't do it quicker. Uh, Earlier, um, the, the more, more, most recent book, the reason we, ha- we had him, Scott, Scott Powell on, uh, Dr. Scott Powell, uh, a few months ago, is he's written a book called Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are, um, came out about a year ago and um, really highlights, moves through our national holidays as a sort of way of telling our history. If you're, and if you're confronted with um, critical race theory and other things that are basically rewriting history, you say, well, wait, stop and say, move through this. It's really clever. Uh, it's a clever instinct to do it and then the book uh, lays it out really well it's it's great so congratulations on that uh, and we'll, and we can talk about that a little bit but let me um ask you on the globalism that the 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 um the movement has been i would say it's glacial which means it's it's um sometimes fast usually slow but it's got a lot of weight behind it. I mean, it's not small. It's not an argument about wouldn't it be great to all be citizens of the world? That's the slogan. The weight behind it is the interconnected economies, the interconnection of of um, the wor- the only world superpower, America, into aspects of lives in ways you know whether it's funding or culture and uh, and you know. Um, the 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 way the, the size of this glacier is bigger you know than anybody could have ever imagined at this point and and my question is um are we piddling around the edges you know climbing up on top of it as it is inexorably uh you know kind of moving down across america's culture and the politics may jump up and down and and glissade or whatever that phrase is i did that once when i was a kid and go I, you know but but it feels like the glacier's not really being um diminished no it's not well the you know the <clears throat> really the 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 atheistic uh left if you will um, has taken over uh, almost all our cultural institutions. So America is now already, <clears throat> to use a biblical term, we're, we're in Babylon now. 
uh, Christians are, are, you know, are in Babylon in America because all our culture is dominated uh, by really atheistic and even demonic forces at work. You can see it everywhere in all parts of our culture. So I, I think, uh, you know, retaking the culture, it's, it's, it's happening slowly. You know, we're, we're building parallel institutions and many of the, you know, many of these left-wing institutions are going to collapse. I mean, uh, I think if the government wasn't paying the media, uh, the news media, uh, many of them would have already failed because they don't have enough viewers. They can't sell advertising to support their business operation. Uh-oh. So things are happening, and it can happen all of a sudden. You know how how failure and bankruptcy go. Everything's going <laughs> along just right. fine, and then all of a sudden there's a collapse. So right, 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 right. I mean, well, who, who would have <laughs> guessed that Twitter yeah. would have been bought out by Elon Musk, and that all this very valuable information and insight on how the deep state works? would be yeah. brought to light. Um, so Dr. Scott Powell is our guest. Again, he is the author uh, of the book. It's uh, Post Hill Press, one of my favorite publishers out there, Scott, uh, Dr. Scott Powell. The book is Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. He was telling me off the air in many ways, a lot of his writings, hundreds of columns, other books that culminated in this uh, book. I got to encourage you, Dr. Powell. Uh, it's a great time. You know, this is the 200th anniversary of this year of the Monroe Doctrine. And then also, uh, I think the Tea Party is in in a 250th uh, anniversary. So as you talk about the um, upcoming, you know, 1776, I think Donald Trump and others are focused on how do we recover and rediscover. Well, you don't have to wait for uh, 2026. You can start in 2023 uh, and you can look back at this history of, of as you laid out here on these holidays. Um, here's a here's a thought. On globalism, I, I looked at your um, these key things that you said, and I, and I, you know, you go through them, eight of them, you know, um, you know, recover sovereignty, kinds of things, fight digital identity, very important, right? Uh, uh, be concerned about the uh, the uh, central bank, uh, a, a central bank digital currency, all these things are positive. In the short term, wouldn't it be interesting if the U.S. House, which is the only thing that at this point can stand against the size and scope of the federal government for the next couple of years? decided that what they were going to demand was transparency from some of the global institutions. I I mean, if you demanded transparency from all of them, it's probably impractical. But if you had just say Matt Gates get up and say, you know what, I want the USAID and whatever the, the ones that get a bunch of money from us before we do the debt ceiling lift, we want them to put every single spending dollar that they get in a searchable database so we can see what they're doing. Now, incumbents hate this, bureaucrats hate this because inevitably, you know, you spend far too much on toilet paper than you should, or you spend it on telephones or uh dancing girls you know whatever but something that could change the the, the dynamic because i think the glacier of globalism is just slowly rolling over us and we've got to do something to try to uh change the dynamic what do you think of that idea i think it's a great idea but i think it's far worse than what you just stated i think that (laughs) much of our foreign aid and certainly military aid going to ukraine right now is siphoned off uh you know ukraine is a really the the center uh, of um, you know of corruption and money laundering, and uh, so I, I think we could start by forcing uh, an audit. We're not sending any more foreign aid to this country or that country until we have an accounting of how it's been used. Mm-hmm. 
But, the, um, but the, you know, the military, I mean, there's been a lot of unaccounted for money that has run through the military. So, I mean, don't hold your breath on getting a good accounting, but I think it's worth the effort. I think there's enough evidence out there already uh, about corruption that it ought to be, uh, you know, we, we ought to get more awareness that we are be our, our treasury, if you will, uh, the American tax, taxpayer dollar and the debt uh, that is accumulating because and that debt is an obligation for our children and grandchildren. It encumbers the future. Uh, much of this is being misused. Uh, and, you know, you, Ukraine is such a now that things are escalating, I think it's incumbent on American people to put pressure on our government to, you know, we, we need peace. We don't need to escalate this conflict. Yeah. The, the uh, Russians and the Ukrainians are just going to have to sort it out. If we press for peace, we we could, you know, we don't have to see Ukraine totally destroyed. They're not going to prevail against Russia. The Russian military is simply not going to, uh, it, it, they're not going to be defeated. So the only way that Ukraine has a, you know, has a, has a leg is to draw NATO into this, draw the United States in, and that's what's happening. Uh, we, again, we're, ta- we're we're talking with Dr. Scott uh, Powell, and his book is uh, "Rediscovering uh, Rediscovering America: How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are." Um, finishing up our interview, uh, Scott, the it, j- upcoming uh, Monday, uh, February twentieth this year, President's Day. Now, that used to be called Washington's Birthday. Um, now, there's lots of reasons for that change, but I don't know. Give me a little history of 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 that holiday and and what it's meant, what it means. I don't know. I'm not I'm not against other presidents sneaking in there, although uh, you know I'm less in, inclined to celebrate <clears throat> the presidency. I'm more interested in in the the so far the men that occupy it. But uh, what are your thoughts? Well, of course, um, among the two great you know, Lincoln and Washington are recognized as really two of the greatest, if not the greatest presidents. Um, and Washington's birthday always got uh, honored uh, by a national, it was a national holiday with a day off, whereas Lincoln, uh, Lincoln's hol- birthday holiday really didn't have that same stature. So in some ways, I understand that bringing the February birthdays of Lincoln and uh, right. Washington together in a President's Day was perhaps a you know, a, a, a way of giving, of, of celebrating and remembering these two great presidents. And they were they were great for very different reasons. But both, what's important about both Washington and Lincoln was that they uh, really placed their life in God's hands. They got their wisdom. Washington got his courage. You know, Lincoln got his wisdom by being on his knees you know, the Civil War was going against the Union, was going against Lincoln, and he couldn't understand why. If he, he believed he, they had the righteous cause, uh, but, the, but they were losing for the first 16 months of the Civil War. And then in his prayer life, it was, he came to realize that he needed to align the cause of the Civil War with the ending of slavery, because the Civil War started over secession. Slavery was not the issue. And once, once he aligned his cause with that of God's, which was ending slavery, uh, everything began to change. The direction of the war changed. Uh, 
in, in the case of Washington, you know, there was no way that the that the um, under-equipped, under-trained, um, under-funded Continental Army was going to defeat the Great British, the the, the superpower, the world super superpower. Uh, I mean, just to give you a picture of the imbalance, uh, you know, the Brits had 270 warships off the coast of the United States. We had all of seven ships converted merchant ships with cannons on them uh, to to face that to, to face the 270 ship navy. There's no way we were going to win, but it was Washington who encountered God in such a deep way early in his life that gave him the courage to lead as he did. And courage is infectious. When people see courage, it makes them courageous. And that's what he did to his troops. Uh, and he persevered. And finally, you know, in Yorktown, when they could get that victory, the Brits finally said, these people are never going to give up. Uh, we are going to, we're, we're going to give honor America's independence. And so, it's really an amazing story, and the book Rediscovering America goes into much more detail on these stories and many others that are really essential uh, to our to our understanding, our narrative. The enemy wants to demoralize us. It wants to destroy our history. It wants us to make make us feel guilty about who we are as Americans. This is this is Satan's work. It's uh, it's a great, um, great uh, uh, book for this time. Your book. I hope it's uh, getting more and more attention. We we will talk about you should uh, you, we should talk to you every time there's a good holiday to uh, cover sure. in there. But uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Scott S. Powell, I have to run. By the way, David Horowitz, our favorite great uh, David Horowitz, does the introduction of the book and he's amazing. So uh, Rediscovering America, how the national holidays tell an amazing story about who we are. Uh, again, from Post Hill Press, one of my favorites. Uh, thanks, uh, Dr. Powell, as always, for your insight and for your time and we'll talk again soon i look forward to it ed thank you okay thank you we'll take a break everybody we'll be right back i'll put it all up on social media so you uh, see links to his book as well as to that column we referred to uh and his other stuff impressive things uh, to check out uh, be right back ed martin pro america report <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. A time to check in with Cynthia Hughes, our old friend. Cynthia Hughes is the founder uh, and the uh, president of the Patriot Freedom Project, patriotfreedomproject.com. If you go there, you can see lots of the work we're doing, uh, truth in advertising. I'm on the board with her. She's become a great friend. And uh, she I don't think if you could if you could have five years ago uh, come up with a scenario and said to her she'd be where she is today, she would never have picked it. Uh, Part of the reason she founded the organization Patriot Freedom Project is which raises money and supports the defendants as well as the families of the defendants of January 6th is her own nephew who she often refers to as her son she raised him uh, was caught up in it and is uh, serving time for uh, his role it's an, an incredible to hear the stories of the January 6th defendants and their and their families and uh, Cynthia is kind of right at the middle of this so she's extraordinary and Cynthia we, we, were, we decided you and I talking we should catch up people are hungry for updates on things. First, um, remind our listeners that uh, the investigations, in fact, arrests 
are not stopping. It's not like they took care of business, the FBI and others, two years ago. They investigated everything and arrested, you know, whatever number of people. It's ongoing all the time. It's a kind of terror campaign, in my opinion, where people are, are questioned and they're, I don't know if the word is threatened, but they certainly feel like there's threats against them in terms of what's coming next. It's, it's not ending in a way. Um, tell us, tell, remind us about that. I, I don't even know where to begin, Ed, but thank you for having me back on. Um, you know, there's still a lot of collateral damage, a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, I call it a humanitarian crisis. You know, when you see these people going to court and going in front of these judges, the judges are, you know, issuing sentencings and rulings on just different, you know, all multiple fronts, if you will. Um, and, and I feel like they don't look beyond the defendant and see the family and see the children and see the wives and see, you know, the entire fallout. Today we have a sentencing happening. It's probably to date going, you know, going to be the most profound sentencing that we have had yet. Um, today we're going to see George Tanios and Julian Cater be sentenced. Um, both of them were accused of the death of Officer Brian Sicknick, which later was um, ruled uh, that he died of natural causes. It's all over, you know, media. It's been talked about in the news. His own mother said it that he had died of natural causes. Um, there was even a text message that. Um, Sicknick had with a friend of his that was circulating online for quite a while where he tells the friend that, you know, he felt fine after, you know, the protest that day and that he had been, you know, caught up in, in the chaos, but he was doing fine. Um, you know, with all that we're seeing in the media and all that we're seeing happening in the country with a lot of people, you know, dying from blood clots and dying from heart attacks, you got to wonder, um, you know, was he, you know, a victim of, you know, maybe, you know, the talk that we see in the country with these vaccines, you know, you just don't know. But when you have a medical examiner that comes out and says, um, you know, uh, that this man died of natural causes, you would think that it would stop the the rhetoric in this country, um, you know, of, of what George and Julian are accused of. Now, um, Sicknick's family, uh, they wrote a uh, what's called a victim. Um, yeah, victim impact statement. You know, Is that what they call it? Is that, victim, impact, uh, impact statement. statement. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's what they call yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And the mother, you know, the mother writes in the victim impact statement that, George, you know, you're the reason my, you know, my son is dead. And, and that is just not to fight this, this impact statement from being allowed in. Um, but, of course, the judge denied it. Now, today, there's going to be a ton of Capitol Police officers there. There's going to be Sicknick's family there. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are wondering, why would Julian um, uh, plead Cynthia, Cynthia, to yeah, assault I'm, I'm, on a police you're, officer? You're, you're Which out child at this point? You're cutting out a little bit. Uh, um, okay. Um, uh, but but uh, that's okay. I heard you. I mean, I think that the, the uh, as you pointed out, I mean, one thing, I, I'll say it even a little more point blank. 
the idea of, of of rolling a bunch of cops, capital capital police officers, down to a sentencing uh, dramatically, um, when in fact that's not the center of this case, never should have been. It really is unfair. And and you know, again, the you and I are talking off the air. The trick we're in, the trick box you're in is you don't want to sound like you're against cops. Nobody's happy. Mr. Sitnik died. Nobody's happy that it was a stressful situation. You and I have been on a hundred in a hundred meetings and a hundred things saying nobody encourages anyone to hit a cop. You hit a cop, you ought to get charged. But there's a point here where you're slurring and smearing everyone around January 6th. And frankly, law enforcement from Fanon uh, to the leadership of the of the some of the Capitol Police are using this as a as a way to be, uh, I think, very unfair and very unprofessional. And my my hope is that they're also afraid because um they the new the new US House uh, Republican uh leadership can look into what really happened. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes to everything you just said. Um but I I before I was breaking up I I want to go back to what you know what I was saying, you know, because I think it's really important. People yeah. want to know why why would Julian Cater plead guilty or take a plea that it you know that that says he's guilty of spraying, you know, mace or bear spray um at police officers, right? Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, in, in the 14 or 15 jury trials that we have seen at this point, you've seen every single person, um, it, it has resulted in a guilty verdict in record time. Just last right. week, Richard uh, Richard Barnett was on trial. Um, he's the man that was accused of being in Nancy Pelosi's office and put his feet up on her desk. Um, you know, he was found guilty on all his charges in less than two hours. Right. You, you, you're never going to see a fair trial in front of any DC resident. And none of these trials should be heard in DC. None of these trials should be heard by these DC district, uh, judges. There's never going to be, um, a, a fair and impartial, uh, uh, jury trial, not even a bench trial. Um, and, I think that anybody that is, you know, facing uh, a trial or people that have yet to be arrested, and we know that there's many more on the horizon, the, the, the fear in them, what they must be, you know, feeling and experiencing after hearing for two years the nonstop negative rhetoric about January 6th. This is a very unprecedented, um, not your typical run-of-the-mill criminal cases. This is something very, very, very sinister that is happening in our country and julian cater is going to be sentenced to like 90 months today and spend wow. the next part of uh, five or six uh, years of his life in jail he's already been in jail for two years i know the family well i've spent time with the family they are good people he is not the reason that officer brian sicknick um unfortunately passed away just like the uh, you know the the medical examiner said, Officer Brian Sicknick died of natural causes. End of story. I do agree with you, Ed. Anybody that um, you know assaults a police officer, that's that is like taboo, especially in my house. You know, I'm married to a cop. Right. You cannot assault the police. But we need to get to the bottom of why so many people felt the need to defend themselves against the Capitol Police that day. And we need to know, you know, what really happened. And yeah. by releasing the 14,000 hours of video footage and following people like Julie Kelly and listening to, you know, uh, Darren Beatty and continuing the conversation and the talk, we can get to the bottom of this at some point. 
Uh, PatriotFreedomProject.com. We're talking with Cynthia Hughes, the founder and now the president of the Patriot Freedom Project. Uh, one of the tabs you can click on is Adopt a, a January 6th, a 1-6 family. Um, I, we only have a few minutes uh, left right now, but I, I, I just think every time I – look, the, the big boys and girls, we adults, we sign up for the unfairness of life, you know, and, and, and it doesn't make you any happier that it's the government that does it and the media is unfair. But the, the impact on family on kids uh you know uh we've talked before about matt perna he, he's an adult but he ended up committing suicide uh because of the, uh, the in, in many ways because of how he was treated and how the prosecutors treated him um but these these families where the kids are even younger it's just heartbreaking and uh i don't know i mean are you um is are you feeling any better about how hard that is, Cynthia? I know you take it very much to heart as a mom, but uh, I don't know. Talk a little bit about that and, and why it's so important for people to support um, the families. No, I, I, I don't feel better about it. I talk to multiple families on a daily basis. I talk to new families on a weekly basis. Um, no, I don't feel good about it. It's very hard to hear, um, you know, a child, you know, missing their father. Um, I heard from a young boy yesterday, as a matter of fact, his father has been sitting in the D.C. jail for two years now. He just went to trial um, in October, the first Oath Keeper trial. He was found guilty of everything. Seditious conspiracy, sedition, conspiracy, obstruction. He's, he's facing a long time in jail. But that's not the end of the story for that family. Um, this young man who called me yesterday, now his mother is going on trial for obstruction and a couple of other charges next week. She's mm-hmm. facing jail time. You're going to see a young boy, 22, 23 years old, who's about to lose both his parents to the, you know, the prison system. I mean, what, what, how do we justify that? How do we justify that? Literally, his father was convicted because of words, words and rhetoric, words and rhetoric that was inappropriate, that was insensitive. We can't deny it. But you can't put somebody in jail for the amount of time they're trying to put these people in jail for because of words and rhetoric. In this country, the land of the free, we, we have something called the First Amendment. And we're not seeing that you know, with Trump supporters or people that went to the Capitol on January 6, 2021. This boy called me yesterday. He's, you know, frantic. Can you help us with lodging? Can you help us with travel so we can be in, you know, in D.C. with our mom? Yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, it, during trial for the next, you know, four to five weeks. It's um, the the list of, again, I get to encourage people to go to PatriotFreedomProject.com and check it out um, because there's stories there. There's ways you can help. Um, and it's a it's a it starts out as a constitutional crisis, a political crisis because they're targeting people. But it turns into, like anything else, a family crisis. You've got families, you've got kids that need help with education and need help with uh, special needs. You have moms and wives working three jobs because the other thing about Dirty Little Secret, and, you know, I, sometimes I sound like a left like a left old-fashioned liberal it, the people that are being uh, persecuted are generally working stiffs working americans they're army veterans and they're not generals they're not retired although they went after the general general flynn they did that to him but they're they're people that are work, normal people if you're rich you sort of fight your way out of it a lot of them i mean in terms of money and lawyers and these are regular folks so cynthia hughes thank you as always for coming on i've got to go uh cynthia hughes patriotfreedomproject.com we'll be watching and praying and hopefully people will Go to PatriotFreedomProject.com and uh, find a way to help uh, and uh, and encourage uh, the good work. So thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Ed.
All right, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. Said Martin here on the Pro-America Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. It's been five years since Senator Dianne Feinstein outrageously commented that the dogma lives loudly in you during Amy Coney Barrett's Court of Appeals confirmation hearing in 2017. But the left is still determined to subject Amy Coney Barrett to a wildly unconstitutional religious test for office. Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution makes plain that no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. It would be hard for the founding fathers to write it any more clearly than this. Yet it is far too often the case that the left does not heed what the Constitution has to say when it does not fit their purposes. Since joining the high court two years ago, Justice Barrett has been berated for not recusing herself from any case regarding LGBT people. All this stems from the fact that she is reported, but not confirmed, to belong to a religious group called the People of Praise, which holds that homosexual activity is a sin. This is a view shared by millions, if not billions, of Christians, Jews, and Muslims worldwide. Holding this conviction does not make Justice Barrett unique among Supreme Court justices or Americans as a whole. But that's done nothing to stop the onslaught of accusations lobbed at the justice because of her faith. With the Constitution as our sword and precedent as our shield, conservatives need to stand against the religious test that the left has concocted for Justice Amy Coney Barrett. They claim to believe in the empowerment of women, yet they would gladly cast down a woman who has risen to the very highest position in her profession. They would stop at nothing to remove any Christian with the audacity to stand against their machinations. One by one, they would remove Christians from public office and replace them with secular leftists who impose their belief that truth is relative on every aspect of American life. Like a sword, the Constitution is a weapon that won't do us any good unless we use it. So it's time to remind the left that no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. These culturally relevant commentaries, along with videos, columns, and bulletins, are waiting for you at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Plus, find, follow, and share our news and views on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Parler, Gab, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I take no uh, pleasure uh, wrapping things up today in reporting to you and describing uh, the results that uh, Ronna McDaniel won re-election as chairman of the RNC. I, I thought it was time for a change. I, I believe in term limits. I think she would have been well served to move on. I know Ronna a little bit. Um, she's a nice enough lady, but it's, um, uh, it, you know, it was time to move on. I, I do think uh, the whole thing was very silly, meaning this. If you know the system of the RNC, um, the 168 members they were never going to roll out Ronna McDaniel, not not by the time she had said she was running for reelection and she announced it. It was all a joke. Really, it was a joke. 
Uh, I think she ended up with 110 or 112 uh, votes. She never was in doubt. I don't think she was at um, uh, Harmeet uh, Dillon got 50 or 60, not even close. And the reason why it was a secret ballot. And in many ways, the RNC is a system that is small C corrupt. It's not actually an independent system. It's not grassroots based. It's not anything. It's just a, a racket. It's a fundraising. It's actually a fundraising front group. Um, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really get things done. Um, and it's kind of a joke. And it's an even bigger joke in the last 15 or 20 years since um, Citizens United, the Supreme Court case that basically allowed um, uh, money to flow outside of the party system uh, in in large amounts. That was sort of the end of the parties. I mean, the parties only play a sort of a perfunctory role now. So, uh, you know, it's um, it is uh, something I, the thing that I think was silly was that Harmy Dillon did not do uh, or did not understand that the play was not to win. The play was to get Ron and McDaniel to do something different. There should have been a Matt Gates uh, to play the role in the RNC uh, of saying, hey, look, we don't know if we can beat uh, Ron and McDaniel, but we can certainly make her look bad. Uh, we're not going to make you look bad if we can get this, 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 and this. And try to get some reforms, try to get some things changed, try to get operations to be done differently. They didn't do that. It, it really wasn't serious, I have to say. I, I don't mean to be too angry. I'm not somebody, or I don't want to be too dismissive. I'm not somebody who thinks that you, um, you know, you only take the fights that you can win. I, I'm, I'm for tilting uh, at a good windmill or two. I do it quite a bit, but you have to know the game. And Matt Gates and the Freedom 20 in the House. They knew the game. They furthered the agenda. The people in the uh, in the um, in the case of the uh, uh, of the RNC didn't do that. Not at all. All right, we got to run. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our producer, and uh, also to Ryan Height for everything he does. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, excuse me, be back next week. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.